This episode of Burn the Haystack is sponsored, somewhat ironically, by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a conversation where we save the best, of course, and we burn the rest of our culture and our faith practices. Yes, we do. We hecking do it. And it's been amazing. I mean, I can't believe we've made it all the way to like the Christmas season and we're still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's like one of those things where you get to a certain point and then you're just like, yeah, we're doing this forever now. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's like we're going to do this and it's going to fail within the next few weeks or we're just going to do it forever. Yeah, we're, we're in this for the long run. I mean, I don't know. I haven't actually really thought... See, originally I kind of... I mean, to be honest, everybody, I thought Burn the Haystack would just be sort of like a 20-episode kind of thing. Hmm. That's kind of the rough... I never thought that. <laughs> oh, I, I, just, I didn't think about it at all is what I thought. Yeah, well, I just... I think I thought about it in the terms of, well, you know, we'll, we'll do the 20 episodes and then we'll probably, you know... Run out we'll of content. Move on, well, we'll move on to something else. Do you oh, know what okay. I mean? Like, because that's sort of what happened with YouTube. We that did a bunch true. of things. That is true. And then we're like, oh, this is working. Let's keep trying. And I thought we'll keep trying something else. But then this kind of picked up steam. And then we yeah. were like, oh, maybe we should keep going. And yeah. After 20 is when we really picked up steam. So I'm glad we did keep going. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, it's what they say, right? Like, you don't really know what you're doing until after 100 episodes. So we got another year of it. And then I guess we might know what we're doing. I hope we last. I do hope we last to at least 100. I do hope that. That would be cool to say that we did a podcast and it ran for 100 episodes. That's that's over two years. Or it's almost two years. No, it is over two years because yeah. of our breaks and our, you know, intermittentness and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, actually, speaking of breaks, everybody, just a quick reminder. So next week, we'll have a fantastic episode um, featuring the amazing Ryan Becker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, we'll be on a two-week break. So um, you can relax your ears. You can go back and check out some of our older content if you're a newer listener. Or you can just take a break. I know over the over the holidays, I sort of just need to clear my head. So I probably don't really listen to that many podcasts when I'm away and on break holiday mode it's funny because like i go away i'm the same as you i go away and then i i have the best of intentions of catching up on a bunch of podcasts and then i inevitably i inevitably don't and then i come back from holidays and i'm like oh lord there's so many (laughs) yeah i find it a good cleansing time when you come back though because like you know what i didn't miss this this particular podcast yeah so you're just like yeah i'm not gonna jump back on that's yeah that's true I, i find that there's only like really like four or five podcasts that I can really be sort of on board with at a time. It it's, it is, it is tough because there are some podcasts that I used to listen to like hard out. And now I look at them and I go, Oh, I kind of want to listen to you, but I don't really as well, but I still kind of like let them download in the background. So I'm like, okay, I like you guys. I'll give you a download, even though I'm not actually listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's pretty, I have everything on auto download cause I have like oh, a yeah, yeah. monster, data plan because apparently that's what you do when you're a pastor you have like incredible data plans but yeah i don't know it, i must it have missed sad. that but but anyway yeah it is sad <laughs> i'm actually in a season of exploring a bunch of new podcasts so i've sort of dropped a bunch of old ones and looking at a whole bunch of new ones yeah nice but, yeah. What, so what are you listening to so i've recently discovered anthropod okay it's a podcast all about anthropology that uh i, I was hoping it was about ants but okay go on <laughs> Yeah, so they release a. It's done by some university or something. Oh, so it's 
Yeah, so it's, it's actually, legit. It's legit, yeah. And so each episode they get a different particular anthropologist and just unpack some of the stuff that they've done. Really, This is really interesting one about the the Japanese train system and then how it affects the people on it, but then also how suicide affects that when people jump in front of trains and the difference they experience compared to if that happened in New York or if that happened in Australia. Because that's a that's a, like a real problem in Japan. Like that's a fairly common method of suicide. It's my understanding, which yeah. is very sad. Yeah, but it was really interesting because people are really indifferent to it apparently. Seriously? Yeah, because well, it happens so much and... Oh, man. Yeah, and like it, it's more of an inconvenience. Like, if that same thing happened and there was a bunch of people on a train... Okay, this is really weird. Like, but if it happened in Australia, it would be totally different. There'd be people needing counseling and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, there, of course, they're like, of course. Oh, but uh, they open up their phones and they find a new route to get to where they need to go to. Oh. Apparently. I've never been to Japan. I don't know, but that's just what I've heard. So, yeah. yeah. Really I, interesting podcast. I was on a comment a discussion thread on the internet a while ago. and It was like American... Um, bus, uh, train drivers and they base, they said at the beginning when you like first become a train driver you're basically told by your colleagues to expect two to three suicides if you have a career of 20 to 30 years wow in America so I don't know how if the, it sounds like there's more in Japan yeah I don't know I mean population is really big really dense lots of know. cities you know yeah, yeah. heaps of in one area really yeah. super efficient train system so maybe it's different but anyway yeah yeah so cool that cool podcast bro suicide and uh japan <laughs> i really didn't sell it there did i yeah yeah well i like anthropology jesse knows i like anthropology anthropology is fascinating because there's so many crossovers with so many different other streams of thought whether it's metaphysics theology um you know biology and uh, philosophy and all that yeah and i remember it all kicked off at, at when I was at Avondale, I had to do an episode about... Oh, uh, not an episode. An episode. An, an essay. That's all. <laughs> oh, man. You can tell I have been doing too much podcasting. Um, yeah, I had to do an essay about... Anth- what was it? The study of anthropology and um, Imago Deus. Oh. So the yeah, image yeah, of yeah. God and how that affects anthropology and how okay. anthropology affects our image of God. It was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, it was a cool essay. Probably the, the, the most interesting essay... Like for me, studying it, that I original sin and and all that, eh? Yeah, it was heaps. It's like, do we the still have the man. image of God and that kind of thing? Wow. Or like, did it go away? Yeah, it was really interesting. Maybe we should do an episode on that one day. Yeah, oh, that is cool. Dig up my old essay. I can't remember. <laughs> it'd be anything. a great. Yeah. It'd be a great episode. Just dig up the essay and just read it. Read it. <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. You know, what else is fascinating. Mm. How many dislikes the YouTube rewind 2018 has? Well, we had to talk about it eventually. <laughs> Well, I thought we should we should quickly squeeze it in now because this is actually the last episode we're recording for the year. Oh man, rip! Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah. So for those of you just tuning in, this will be like a few weeks down the track. So at the time of recording, how many likes to dislikes do we have on the video? Uh, one point nine million likes sounds good until you realize that they also have six point two million dislikes. Oh my word! So this is the tenth of December. So when this releases, I would encourage all of our YouTube. Uh, YouTube oh, podcast wow. listeners, we're really not onto it today. Uh, we've, we've lost it. Lost, <laughs> lost it. <Yep. laughs> um, go and check it out. See how much it is uh, compared to. I'm wondering if it'll even be there. It'll be there, I'm sure. But uh, there's a part of me that goes, I wonder if they'll just take it down because no. they've received really, really bad PR from this. Yeah. I think they'll leave it up. I don't yeah. know. I do. But. The comments are pretty hilarious under the video. The comments are are, are pretty priceless. Oh well, yeah, they half are. of them are saying, "Where's PewDiePie?" Yeah, well, that was just mine. Yeah, it's one. It's just like garbage fire over YouTube Rewind 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I believe yeah. this uh, video 
is the second most disliked video of all time on YouTube. Yeah, the top one being Justin Bieber's baby, which I find really strange. I don't I know why surprised. that's so disliked. But that's got a lot more views. And it's, it's also got a lot more likes. It's got yeah. like this... I this, this could be the worst ratio with the highest views. The ratio is pretty horrible. Yeah. For for how many views has it got now? 83 million. 83 million. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty horrible. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. If you guys haven't heard, um, and I think maybe a lot of people skipped it, but we did a lot. Of, we did an episode a while back, Tiny YouTuber versus Giant Corporation. Yeah. And I, I think like, this video literally proves everything we said in that video that corporations are taking over YouTube. And this whole YouTube rewind, you know, it starts off with Will Smith, the famous YouTuber, Will the, Smith. The well-known YouTuber, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why? why? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, he didn't start his career in YouTube. He started in like, what? He's a professional. He doesn't need rapping. YouTube. Yeah, he and now he's just like, it. hey guys, I'm a YouTuber, check me out. And he's hosting it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This yeah. isn't YouTube. Yeah, I know. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, no, it just shows how out of touch YouTube is with its community. I mean, and this is one of the things that really makes me wary of YouTube in general. Somebody on a, I think it was a Reddit thread, was talking about how Basically, this is just YouTube saying this is what we want our community to look like, not mm-hmm. versus this is what it actually is. YouTube, I mean, it, yeah, I can't be getting deja vu here because this is basically what we talked about in, yeah. that, in that YouTube episode. Yep. But it's like the the reality of what YouTube actually is versus the projected reality of what YouTube wishes YouTube, the corporation, Google essentially, yeah. wants YouTube to be this safe space, this, you know, place where anybody can, you know, express themselves as long as they fit our ideology. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, so many people in the video, like there were talk show hosts. Why? Yeah, they're from TV. They're not from YouTube. Tre- Trevor Noah and John Oliver doing Fortnite dances. I think yeah. Trevor Noah was um, uh, flossing and then John Oliver was doing the stupid... The loser dance. The loser... D- oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, hate, I hate that dance so much. <laughs> Every time I see somebody do it, I want to punch them in the face. Uh, I used to like John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, no. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just weird to see like this corporate takeover... But anyway, that's a whole episode that we've already done. So Yeah, so no need to go back. I just kind of wish that YouTube Rewind had come, come out by the time we did that episode because it would have just tied the bow so nicely on the whole, the whole discussion. You know what we should have done, which we should do next year? We should do a YouTube Rewind predictions. <gasps> yes, so like a, a bingo video- card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do a video. We talk about what we would like it to be, which we know it's not going to be, and then what it's actually going to be. All right. Yep. You guys, if you guys want this, hold us, hold us to it. We'll, we'll do a yep. YouTube rewind reaction, or not a reaction, a a prediction, and then maybe we could do like a reaction afterwards. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So remind us in eleven months. <laughs> you got that, guys? You got yeah. that? Eleven okay. months. Someone, yeah, set it on your phone right now. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Hey, but today we wanted to talk about because it is nearing close to the best time of the year. It's the most. Wonderful time of, of the year. Uh, nailed it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. It's Christmas. Christmas. Woo! I um, love it. Yeah. 
So we thought we'd talk about Christmas because it is almost Christmas and many of you might be listening to this on the eve of Christmas or on Christmas. I hope that you're not listening to this on Christmas Day. Go and spend some time with your family. If you're listening to this on Christmas Day, go and spend some time with some family. What if we are their family? What if they don't have any friends except us on our podcast? Um, Then you're in my prayers. (laughs) I mean, look, <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, sure. No, okay. maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe a family might want to gather around their Alexa and listen <laughs> listen to this podcast around the Christmas table. <laughs> this is so sad. In which case, we should have said grace at the beginning of the podcast. So then you don't even have to say grace together as a family. You can just put Alexa in the middle of the table. Burn the haystack could completely transform and replace your entire Christmas Day experience <laughs> for six. Easy payments of forty nine ninety five. You can have the burn the haystack Christmas experience. Oh my gosh! With um with a, a video that goes for ten hours of us sitting by a fireplace staring <gasps> like, like Nick Offerman. Like Nick Offerman. Yep. Uh, drinking punch. Is that a what, what's the most Adventisty drink that you can think of? You know, We're like, drinking liquefied haystacks. Li- Oh, oh. <laughs> you're gonna make everybody dry reach. <laughs> Probably. Okay. <laughs> what do I do the rest of the time? No, uh, don't know, man. Okay. So if you've been following along with our podcast, you know that we actually love to talk about the holidays. Um, yeah. We we started off doing this whole um, is Easter really pagan? Mm. Uh, then we hit it again at um, Halloween. And yeah. now we're hitting it again at Christmas. So if any of our listeners who aren't in Australia and New Zealand, those are sort of the three main holidays. Um, mm. I know America, you guys have like Thanksgiving. And yeah. And even Halloween is not technically... Like I think most, a lot of Australians and New Zealanders and perhaps Europeans are still trying to rail against like, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. It's becoming more a thing. It's a, it's the consumerism. It's like the the shops can make more money if yeah. if there's another halloween or if there's another sorry um holiday but i would have to say out of all of the three um holidays just in raw terms of people who celebrate it and observe it i think christmas would have to be the number one mvp yeah definitely or mbh is... <laughs> or mvh if you're a new zealander really h you know. Oh yeah, I say H and they yeah. think that's weird. Yeah. I forgot about that. It's weird that they think it's yeah. weird. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Love you, my Kiwi brothers and sisters. <laughs> my <Yeah>. Fano. <laughs> oh, that's good. What is it? Te, te Aroha Fano. Oh. Yeah. That's, I didn't say that right, but anyway. Okay. <laughs> so uh, what we want to talk about about like I see so many people sharing those oh my gosh. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So okay, like things on Facebook where it's just like they'll put the Bible verse. Um, you know, like quoting the the commandment, like do not have any idols, you know, do, yeah. do not worship any idols. And then they'll have like a kind of stick figure of a kid reaching under a Christmas tree and it looks yep. like he's bowing to the Christmas tree. Yep. I am just so like, okay, if you've shared that, I'm sorry. I think it's really stupid. The whole thing is stupid. Why would... And, and Josh thinks that you are stupid as no, well. No, I don't. I don't think you're <laughs> stupid because there is a chance that you shared it ironically in which case you've turned it into a meme and i'm proud of you oh yeah no it is it is true and and we've been seeing this uh i mean i've been seeing this ever since social media existed people just sharing these you know it's funny because it's like i don't know what what goes through people's minds when they share this stuff it's like okay i'm gonna share this picture which has bible verses on it or like a sort of witty statement and that's gonna show them 
and that's going to change the world because I shared this photo. And that's going to convert Christmas observers to non-Christmas observers, just like me. I don't think that happens. At least that's never happened to me. No. I've never seen a, a witty or a, a silly thing on Facebook and immediately changed my mind. It just usually sparks arguments, to be honest. Yeah. Or it makes people just scroll past and be like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. You know, like unfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think like, I mean, okay. Obviously, I'll be the first person to say, yes, Jesus was not born on the 25th of Absolutely. December. Okay. We're not saying, okay. We're not saying Christmas is perfect in any way, shape or form. But I think what we have to, to share today around Christmas is actually really special. Mm. Um, and I think maybe if you're really anti-Christmas, um, you know, for whatever your reasons, that's fine. I'm not going to force you to be pro-Christmas, but I just want you to at least reconsider maybe another side of it. Yeah, and absolutely. And we're not here to start any arguments or, or, or debate, really. I mean, debate is one thing. If we can have a great conversation, some great dialogue, some great discourse, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, if you are anti-Christmas, I, I would encourage you just to listen with an open mind. And if you know or you know, maybe you're married to somebody or maybe you, uh, you were... Uh, given birth by somebody who is anti-Christmas or you've got a relative or a friend, you know, and you don't know quite what to say, maybe this would be a great way to understand and be able to talk about this in a respectful and kind and loving manner. Yeah, I mean, essentially what we're sharing is why I guess we value Christmas. Definitely. And um, I don't know, maybe it'll help you. But I listened to a really good podcast like a year ago and I've been wanting to, I've been itching to talk about this ever since then yeah. because I just found it so amazing. So, um... I know a bunch of you are going to think I'm uh, I'm a heretic, but um, <laughs> I love the Rob Robcast, Rob Bell's Robcast. <gasps> that Rob oh, Bell, no. the heretic, as in Rob Bell, the star of the documentary, the heretic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he gets some really interesting guests in, and I love. I mean, obviously, I don't agree with everything Rob Bell says, but yeah, yeah. Um, I love a lot of the things he says, and we've talked about him here before. But he had this interview way back at episode one seven six. So if you want way to go check back. that, yeah, way back, which was. Oh, well, it's the 11th of December, 2017. So, But I've wow. remembered it. It's never left my brain. I love the episode. Ago, tomorrow. True. Yeah, at the time mm. of this recording. At the time of this recording. Um, I can even remember the exact... Because uh, I listened to it while I was on a walk. And I remember... Yeah. I can remember exactly where I heard the point on the walk. I listened to it while I was mowing my lawn. There you go. At... Uh, in Brookfield, Tauranga. Oh, back when you... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So, it was an interview with Alexander Shire... Shia LaBeouf. Okay, no, jokes. He's an anthropologist, I believe. He is an anthropologist. We've <laughs> nice gone full tie circle. In. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's called The Mythic Power of Christmas. So basically he unpacks... If you want to listen to the whole thing, he does it way better than me. I'm going to give you just the part that I really liked. Um, but if you want to listen to the whole thing, I would encourage you to go and check it out. You could do it while we're on our two-week hiatus. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, why not? Anyway... So he talks about the origin of it, and it was basically that the um, basically the Christians, when they were moving up north to sort of help convert the Celts and help them understand the story of Jesus, the Celts, I mean, all of their holidays and everything they did was all revolved around nature, um, you know, and the seasons, mm. which, to be honest, is something I think we've lost a little bit in our culture. Everything's cemented over. <laughs> Everything yeah. is, you know, walls and bricks, and so I don't you can know. Buy, you can buy an avocado all year round. You can, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, buy stuff in season anymore. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I think like it's it's something I don't know. I can respect that part of it at least. But basically, they a really big time for them was um, around the winter solstice. So again, living in the southern hemisphere, 
totally irrelevant to us. Um, literally the opposite. So maybe we should be doing it at the other time of the year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically in the winter solstice, um, they had sort of all these rituals around, um, around gathering together. And um, a huge thing for them was that knowing that the sun was going to be gone mm. um, and it's going to get colder and colder and colder, there's all these things about survival mm. um, that they have to survive. Life and death. Yeah, it's huge and it was very real. Um, and uh, basically one part of it is that um, when the Christians came, they would like basically looking at their traditions. It's really anthropolo- anthropology here is they were studying the culture of these people. And then they were looking at this festival and they thought, hey, I mean, you guys really have part of the story here because what they would do is that they would celebrate this winter solstice um, and what would happen was that, so winter solstice is, I think, in, in the Northern Hemisphere, it occurs on December 22nd with the Gregorian car- calendar, right? So then three days later is when the sun would actually begin to reappear to the naked eye. Interesting. I like where this is going. Yeah. So for them, when they came and they said, hey, you guys have this whole story about the winter solstice and the sun disappears for three days, which I mean, what's the sun that we know that disappears for three days? Mm, mm. Exactly. When Jesus dies on the cross. And there's a tie in with a tree as well. Yes. Do you want to, did you want to talk about that? Oh, well, just the fact that the tree, you know, obviously also represents the, the, the point of sacrifice, you know, the symbol in the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. the tree was synonymous with crucifixion and the fact that the tree is 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 i guess lifted up um is synonymous with the christian understanding of the savior who was lifted up mm-hmm. so that all people could be i guess given life eventually after that three days yeah actually another side point about the tree he also talks about this in that episode but they, they actually used to build their little villages around oak trees right in the middle mm-hmm. because oak trees attract lightning Oh, I didn't. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, so and they used to hang like fruits a... on the tree. Um, I still don't really understand why they would want something that attracts lightning in the middle of the. Well, village. it's like the lightning rod. <laughs> it's so that the lightning doesn't hit the houses. Maybe. Yeah, or... I think so. I think it's a safety thing. But I think it was also like symbolic of like um, the power is drawn. Right. There and other so things. it's like the, it's the point of sacrifice, but also also of elemental natural power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So when, when the early sort of missionaries came, they basically were saying, hey, I mean, let us give you the, f- you have part of the picture. Let us show you using nature, um, the whole The picture. rest of it, yeah. Yeah, and so they said, for us, three days later, there was a sun that rose again. Mm. In fact, the sun, the source of life. And this amazing thing, I mean, it's interesting that we celebrate the birth and then they're using this, but it's almost like the, birth, the rebirth of the sun. Yes, um, yep. or the birth of the sun for the new season, a new time of life. Yeah, and so December twenty fifth is exactly when you could see the sun again to the naked eye. Mm. You could see the light beginning to grow, and you could actually see this break in the darkness. Wow! So it's like in your darkest time, the light is bursting forth mm. again, and you can actually see it again. On December twenty fifth, mm. it's like the, the the darkest part of the um, the night is just before the dawn. Yeah, that's so cool, and I love what Alexander Shire and Rob Bell talk about. It's the it's the idea of the truth that's already there, and the fact that you know a lot of colonialism 
in in um in western culture is 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 all about let us come in and tell you the real story mm. and you need to abandon your old gods and your old ways and your old traditions and your old culture but actually maybe that's totally wrong maybe a lot of these ancient cultures already had part of the truth they just didn't have the whole thing framed in the same way that we did and maybe instead of us coming and telling them that they have to abandon everything maybe we can learn from each other mm. and i think sometimes when you when you use what they already have Sometimes, like, there are things that they do need to abandon. I mean, there are things that I need Absolutely. to abandon as well. And so sometimes when you actually tell them the truth in such a real and relevant way, they abandon it themselves, not by force. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, like, how many cultures around the world have had to abandon child sacrifice and cannibalism and awful things like that? Yeah. Like, that's, that's definitely stuff that we don't want in our modern culture. But that's not to say that everything that they had is evil yeah. and pagan. yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah absolutely and even the very idea of paganism is something which we talked about in the easter episode like and the fact that is does pagan does paganism actually equal evil well no <laughs> paganism just simply is anything that isn't part of a mainline religion judaism christianity islam um and so when we think about paganism a lot of the times we instantly our knee-jerk reaction is paganism is evil we have to root it out we have to eradicate every form every trace of paganism in our modern practice but actually no paganism isn't evil it's just something else it's a different story that may or may not harmonize with our story sometimes it may not yeah human sacrifice doesn't harmonize with our story no <laughs> uh, cannibalism doesn't harmonize with our story not a fan not a fan <laughs> Uh, but trees that are the center of a village and they get struck by lightning and they're lifted up and then the sun, which disappears for three days and then comes back, man, that kind of harmonizes with our story a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I think like people who are just super super anti-Christmas, I really struggle with it because I feel like it's it's literally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That is essentially what we're doing, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's this sort of... Um, like proof texting house of cards sort of situation where you just throw bible verses out and you just throw out quotes and you just throw out like like everybody knows and everybody believes well actually does everybody know does everybody believe like it's making all these huge assumptions whilst ignoring so many other things um if you were to throw out uh, christmas on the basis of it being pagan I mean, there's so many other things that we'd have to throw out as well. Yeah. Um, you can't just choose one because you don't like it or because you have a personal vendetta against it. You'd have to throw out so many things. You have to throw out, you know, handshaking. You know, where does handshaking originate from? I think I was having this conversation. Was I having this conversation with you, Josh? We were having this conversation with Marcos on his podcast. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's deja vu. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it originates from ancient Egypt with the transference of the power of the gods to the people. I yeah. mean, that's just one tiny example yeah. that has pagan origins. In fact, if you want to go even a biblical thing, you could even argue that bricks are pagan. Because, uh, well, they came from, ooh, was it Nim Nimrod in the Bible? <laughs> they are... Uh, the, the great builder, the great pagan builder. Yeah, well, I mean, no, he they, they invented bricks, right? Because uh, before that, everybody used to um, build with stones. So obviously, right. there was only so big you could build. But then they made bricks and they're like, well, hey, look how powerful we are. We can make bricks. Let's build the Tower of Babel. 
Right. And so, like, it's honestly like a bigger symbol of paganism ever is kind of bricks because that was literally man trying to overthrow God using a tool that they made. So if any of you people live in a brick house, I'm sorry, you just have to move. Or if your church is made of brick? Just knock it down. <laughs> Easy. I mean, it, like, obviously, it's a bit of a straw man argument, but it is like... But it's the same straw man argument. It is. It's the same. It's the exact same mindset. So that's yeah. why, I mean, I'm not against bricks. I'm... I think we've redeemed bricks. Oh, know? hopefully. Yeah, I, I think we've gotten to a stage where we could use bricks pretty safely and glorify God with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I just, I think we should take, we, we'll take the time to do an entire episode of this on one day. But just the idea of just throwing Bible verses out that essentially like prove your point, whether it's from Isaiah and Jeremiah. I know a lot of people kind of bring out the whole um, cedar trees, decorated with gold and silver and the fact that we're worshipping trees and ah, it's just ridiculous. I don't think anybody's worshipping the Christmas tree. You know what I mean? Like I never worship the Christmas tree. No, I mean, I enjoy the Christmas tree. I think it looks pretty and I sit there and look at it. And it smells beautiful if yeah, it's real. That's true if it's real, yeah. Not when it's plastic like no. mine. But, I, you know, like when a kid is sitting there getting their present, I don't think they're worshipping the tree. If anything, they're grateful to whoever gave them the gift. Like when you Absolutely. sit around a dinner table to eat, you don't worship the table where you get the food. <laughs> You're grateful for who's putting the food on the table. Otherwise, we'd have to sit on the ground. <laughs> the table is pagan. Get rid of it. <laughs> the chairs are pagan. The chairs. <laughs> How dare you worship comfort? They're trying to kill you. Ah! <laughs> um... But yeah, no, I think we'll do an entire episode on the, the practice of proof texting, but it's just something that we do and we don't realize that we do it, I think, a lot of the time. And we just assume that's just how that's how the Bible works. And that's just not how the Bible works. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> well, it's like how the Bible Project says it is actually amazing. It's one unified story pointing to the... Well, well, to Jesus, I suppose. To Jesus. I think, yeah. I think they worded it a little bit better than Probably. that. Probably. Yeah. But it is. That, like, yeah. And I think people miss the, the sort of meta-narrative of the Bible so much when yeah. they begin to proof text. And I think we, we have this... Um, and we talked about. I talked about this, like I shared a story in the um, in the Easter episode, I believe, where I talked about a um, a parent where I was a youth pastor, mm -hmm. and they were super concerned about. Um, I think it was Pokemon Go at the time, <laughs> and how it's got these pagan origins and all this sort of stuff, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But um, just to go along with it, the idea that if you invest your time and your energies into participating in these cultures and these um, events and in, in, in these whatever that you're actually going to be led astray. Like it's this idea, this oh, dualistic right. idea of truth and error and yeah. being in the truth and being deceived. I think deceived is the big word. Yeah. Deception. And I just think that that is a blatant, um, almost not, not mischaracterization, but it's it's disrespectful, I think, to people's intellectual capacity. Seriously, right. yeah. Like the fact that, like, what it paints is it paints a world where people are either where where people are sheep. Like you're either being led by a good shepherd, or you're being deceived by the devil. I suppose yeah. we'd have to come back to the devil, prowling around like a roaring lion. Right, and like yeah. we're just helpless little sheep. And we have to either go on, we're either on one side or on the other side. And there's no middle ground in the beginning. Like, I think that's one of the things that we've been trying to really um, address is that this dualistic way of understanding the world, it's really unhelpful in many different ways because things are not just purely good or purely evil. There are so many shades of gray. And I think it's really um, immature yeah. to assume 
to try and just put everything into like that black and white category. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's easy. Yes. You know what it I mean? Is that, easy. That's easy. That just is tell true. me what's bad, what's good. Yeah. That's tell uh, me what to believe. Yeah. And that's I mean, like, I get it. I'm I'm lazy in a lot of areas too. But I don't know, when it comes to that, no, I'm not gonna be lazy. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna work through the gray and I'm gonna work hard at it. And some things I'm gonna think were good were bad, and some things I'm gonna think were bad were good. Yeah. That's how it happens sometimes, and that's just the crazy way God works. And I think it's like, if you're wrong, maybe you don't make it to heaven. I, I'm just trying to think of that. Is that is that what the the fear is? Like, if you're deceived, Probably, do, you, yeah. do you end up being in the goats? You know, like the end of the time, the sheep and the goats. Like, oh, yeah. either you're a sheep or you're a goat. Which I, would I think so. Well, yeah, it's fair to be scared of that. I guess yeah. in a way, you could lose your salvation. Maybe. Ooh. That's a that's that's going to like I don't think that anybody would probably go there, but I feel like maybe that's like the implication behind the thing. Yeah, the Perhaps. thing behind the thing behind the thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's interesting. Okay, yeah, we got man, we got I got a bunch of episode ideas. This. <laughs> uh, but let's bring it back to Christmas for All a right. moment. Okay, so um, let's think about. I guess when you think about Christmas, and we're talking about how people use, wait, the the missionaries would use the. Um, Sort of hear the truths that you already have. Yeah. How can we present to you the full truth? What do you think are the um, the truths that people already have out of Christmas? Even the most like secular person when it comes to Christmas, what do you think are the truths that they would just genuine like you couldn't help but find in Christmas? Probably the one that springs to mind the most is the theme of sacrifice. I suppose. Yeah, unpack that. Um, well, the idea of sacrifice is, I guess, I guess the basic concept is that of delaying, um, delaying pleasure for the sake of greater pleasure in the future, or the giving up of pleasure, or to take it to mo- its most extreme, um, undergoing some sort of trauma for the promise of pleasure in the f- future, whether that's. Um, giving of your crops or your money to the king or the gods or whatever Mm -hmm. so that you can have crops next year or giving up of your time or your body parts or your body, your your energies or something that you love. Yeah. Um, In the case of so many cultures, um, sacrifice, I suppose, has always been about giving up something now so that the gods will reward you or to appease the gods perhaps mm. perhaps that's perhaps that's one of the biggest distinctions in uh, a sort of quote unquote pagan understanding of sacrifice and a christian understanding of sacrifice because we're in with paganism the assumption is the gods are angry or indifferent yeah. mm-hmm. in christianity the assumption is that god already loves you yeah and that god already is love um, so yeah, that's something for me, I suppose that would probably have to be super pervading, you know, yeah. every culture has that in a, in a sense. And what's interesting actually about Christmas and sacrifice is actually something you would also learn is you, you're actually probably reaping benefits from somebody else's sacrifice too on Christmas yeah. because somebody else's sacrificed money to give you a gift. Somebody else's sacrificed time and energy to make you a meal, mm. to have you in their house. Um, and as well, I mean, we see all that stuff with like um, what Red Cross and Salvos and all that kind of thing. They do these huge Christmas campaigns and all these people, yeah. like even at my local countdown, which is like our grocery store here in New Zealand. Um, Woolworths, Walmart, whatever. Yeah, whatever you call it. Um, like they have these trolleys full there where you can just 
dump stuff in. Like you can go and buy something. And like I said, lots of people making little sacrifices, but there are going to be a whole lot of families who are going to have huge benefit from it. Which when you think about it, sacrifice doesn't really make sense. You know, like in an anthropological, biological sense. Like You're just throwing the word anthropological <laughs> out there. Yeah, yep, I'm throwing it out. <laughs> Damn it, Josh. <laughs> showing me up. All right. Well, I listen to the Anthropod podcast. Okay. Well, you can correct me then <laughs> okay. if what I'm saying is rubbish. Um, for, like when I think about it, it doesn't make sense because why would you give up something now for the sake of something in the future? Like why would you actually sacrifice something which is going to benefit you now for something which is unclear because that's the thing about sacrifice there's no it's not like you're going into a contract Mm. with the future you're going into a a loosely binding contract is probably the best way to put it because there's no a hundred percent guarantee that if you give five bushels of wheat to the town mayor or the town council the gods are going to bless you with rain next year. You're giving of your sacrifice, hoping that the gods will bless you, right? There's that's I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense, and yet it's something that we do, yeah, all the time in every culture. Yeah, well, I mean, animals do it too, which is interesting. You know, like squirrels bury a whole lot of acorns, that's or whatever, true. so they can survive. I think it's something that in us, this um, sort of delayed delayed gratification for a greater purpose it's something that we have to learn but in our culture where i think we're actually slowly unlearning you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah 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 we don't have to sacrifice as much as we used to no we don't so i think i guess christmas is an interesting time to learn that again mm. you know and could could be really hugely beneficial for people to learn hey you actually can give part of yourself up or even your whole self up for this for a greater cause mm. that's awesome Oh. And it's maybe perhaps it's a lesson that we don't just have to enact at Christmas, but that goes beyond Christmas as well into the new year. Yeah, you learn it you learn it in Christmas and it carries over and you learn it a little bit more each year that it rolls around. Perhaps that's where um perhaps that's why people take up um New Year's resolutions so much. Oh, interesting. Oh, I thought it was just because they gain a whole lot of weight around Christmas <laughs> and then they <laughs> I need to change my life. It probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, I think as well, uh, another another interesting theme that comes through at Christmas, like a, a truth that people already find, is um, reunion and reconciliation. Mm. You know, it's so much... And again, I mean, I know there are people out there and probably some of, you know, you guys listening. Maybe Christmas is a really hard time for you because, um, you know, family and whatever. It, like Christmas for some people can be just a reminder of what they don't have. Yeah. Um, which is really hard. But, I mean, for some people... Christmas is actually a time when there's a whole lot of reconciliation that takes place. Like, you know, your family is fighting and so angry at each other and mm. all this sort of stuff. But come Christmas, let's just get a meal together. Let's just eat. It's Christmas. Um, yeah. You know, apparently I learned in Japan, it's, um, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty regular to have KFC on Christmas. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know why. I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to... I've just That's so strange. recently heard about it that some like, you know... Okay, so my, my wife watches Married at First Sight. <laughs> And there's a there's something when they're interviewing a couple and the ladies Japanese in this couple and they're like the only one that lasted from the season or something, but sad. basically yeah it is a bit sad. But um she was saying it was really hard because she had to forego the um Japanese tradition of having KFC on Christmas and then in the article it was just like yes this is apparently a very normal thing in Japan. Wow yeah and I'm like maybe it's so no one has to cook or anything 
Huh. You know, so there was I like it. Yeah. Do they do Japanese people have like a traditional Christmas meal or I don't know. Is KFC like the I'm gonna look into this. Yeah, I'm gonna look their, into this and we'll come back about that's it. That's their year. turkey or, <laughs> or shrimp or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I don't know why I brought that up. I'm sorry, everyone. But um, you know, I think it's a time when like because that's for me, it's always been a time when my family because my family's always been very um you know, separated. Like we're kind of everywhere all the time. That's how we've sort of always been. We're very independent of each other. Mm. Um, we all love each other, but we've always just sort of been all over the place. But mm. Christmas is one of those times where everybody can, you know, well, at least in the past has sort of tried to all come back together. And I think that idea of reconciliation and reunion is a hugely biblical yeah. you know, idea. That's the whole reason Jesus came was for reconciliation. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it goes perfectly hand in hand with sacrifice because yeah. why did Jesus sacrifice? so that all of us could be reconciled with God, so that we could be justified, so that you know our sins could be washed away if mm. we so chose to accept that free gift of grace. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's really, really key. And obviously we're kind of going Christmas, Easter, Christmas, Easter. But... Um, well, know. it's all the same. You know, one's the beginning of the story and one's yeah. the end of the story, but it's all still celebrating the same story. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it, it's also incarnation. You know, it's ah. it's the word become flesh. It's Christ becoming one of us, the cosmic Christ becoming a human being, which is really beautiful and really special. And no other um, faith tradition really has that, you know, the, the, the divine becoming a human being for the sake of being one of us and being able to be somebody that we can relate to. Mm. Yeah, um, wow. That's powerful. Mm. So I guess for me, like Christmas... Even if you think it is super dumb and we shouldn't be doing it because Jesus was probably born in like, uh, I don't know, February, March, March. March, something. I was just taking a guess, but that's cool that you had the same guess. So we must be correct. March 23rd. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, you know, like, and that's fair enough. I mean, you have your rights to, to think it's a bit dumb and a bit consumeristic because totally. in a way, Christmas has become super consumeristic in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I'll be the first to say it. And I love Christmas. I'm the yeah. first to say, okay, I think consumerism's gone a little bit too over the top here. Yeah. yeah. But um, as soon as Mariah Carey comes on, you're like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think what... What you, if you're, I think what you could use Christmas for is to actually take a chance to teach people and take a chance to actually be generous, mm. to, to love your community more. Um, you, know, you know what I mean? Like I think so many people, they just want to huddle away and be like, ah, you're all idiots for celebrating this. There are, you know, it, once upon a time, you know, all your communities would come together for these big events that everybody would come together for. You know, and especially like small rural communities. Yeah. But today we we live in such a fast-paced, um, segmented, separated, independent world that there are very few times of the year that people are actually encouraged to come together as one. Yeah. And I think it would be sad if we lost that. Yeah. You know, and I think Christmas is one of the best best ways that we can get back to that. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? If you if you are really convicted that you think we shouldn't be celebrating the birth of Christ when he wasn't born, then you know what? Go and figure out what day he was born and celebrate it then and make something yeah. of it then. If you want you know what? If the, because at the moment this is the only time in our calendar that we do this. So I'm just taking advantage. It's a one time of year general. Okay, no, probably one of two times of year you can really talk to people about Jesus. Yeah. And really lift Jesus up and it's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there are nativity scenes everywhere and people go on like oh you know this is really funny 
Um, when I was a kid, we had a Sabbath school teacher who devoted an entire lesson to the fact that if you rearrange the word Santa, it spells Satan. <laughs> it's true, you can. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but even Santa, like Santa Claus living in the North Pole, whatever. I looked up the North Pole the other day. There's no Santa. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but even the idea of Santa comes from St. Nicholas, who was a Christian bishop who would go out on the streets and he would, um, during the winter solstice, same time, mm. winter, cold, dark, he would secretly give pet presents to the poor, the needy, the underprivileged, especially children. Um, he was loved, absolutely beloved in his community because of this. And that's where we get the idea of gift giving uh, from this amazing Christian. Mm, that's cool. You know what else you could rearrange Santa to say? What? At San. Dun, 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 Okay. Sorry. That's, a, that's an Undertale joke. All right. Sorry. That was really lame. Okay. No, but it's, I mean, it's so good. It's awesome. And I, yeah, I think I, I just get really frustrated that like so many of us, I mean, if we're followers of Jesus, I think it's becoming harder and harder and harder in our society to actually share the message of Jesus. Yeah. Really, it is because it's getting saturated with all these other messages. It's like a whole lot of people have been burned by the church in the past. There's all these like new laws and stuff coming in. It's, But Christmas, I mean, and Easter, I guess if you're given a chance to lift Jesus up, take it. Don't complain about it that it's not on your yeah. perfect conditions. Just take <laughs> it. Honestly, it's ridiculous. And yeah, I think if we have any opportunity to be able to lift Jesus up, even if it's not absolutely perfect and it's not the way that we want it to be, I think we should just go for it. Like we shouldn't just sit around going, oh, it's not exactly how I want it to be and therefore I'm not going to do it. Like I think that is just, I think it's lazy, first of all. <laughs> I think yeah. it's a bit self-righteous, second of all. And... I don't have a third, so it's just two. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's very forward thinking would be my last No. One. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's your ultimate goal? But nobody celebrates Christmas anymore. So we have one less holiday every year that we can actually talk about Jesus. Yeah. And so... Great goal, guys. And how's that going to help us? Yeah. Uh, we're going to feel like we're right? Yeah. Again, it's this dualistic thinking. It's, it's right or it's wrong. And it, we have to get all of our eggs, not eggs lined up, all of our little... Eggnog lined up. Eggnog lined up. <laughs> Otherwise, what's going to happen? I don't know. I, don't, actually, I actually don't know what happens if we get something wrong. I don't know. But apparently it's really bad mm. if, so, if we're wrong about something. Anything. Anything. Yeah. I, I still don't quite understand what happens then. <laughs> but anyway, we're deceived. We're deceived and we're led astray. True. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just like I'm trying to dig into the psyche and I just don't understand the, you know, the rationale. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I think, um, I don't know. Like I think, I, I think, okay. I think with Christmas, I would give people permission to, uh, you know, not be cheesy, but to, to save the best, burn the rest. Like if you don't mm. want your Christmas to be super consumeristic, don't. Don't do presents. You don't yeah. have to. Yeah, whatever. Like, I know lots of families who they put a Christmas tree up, but it's purely for decoration. They don't have any presents. Yeah. Or if you're going to give something away, give it away to a charity. Donate to a charity if you have to do something. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like I think you, you have you can do Christmas in a way that isn't like the commercial Christmas and you yeah. can still make it really special. And I think you should. Mm. Um, like it, it really depends on, on you and your family and your setting. 
um, again, like you, you should be able to take it and, and mold it and redeem it, you know, reject this, redeem that, receive yeah. that. It's There's so many good things about Christmas. I think it's ridiculous to just avoid it altogether. And can I talk about like Adventism and Christmas real quick? Sure, I'll give you permission. There are... Thank you. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> I seek Josh's permission in everything before I speak. Um, the Advent... So a lot of churches, to preface, there are a lot of churches who go hard on Christmas. Like they absolutely smash it. I'm thinking about like a lot of evangelical churches. Okay, yeah. They just absolutely go hard on Christmas. Christmas extravaganzas, you know, amazing, amazing things that try to draw as many people as possible. Yeah. Cool. Mosaic in Los Angeles and they put together that giant Christmas tree. It's insane. Yeah, it and looks amazing. Everybody sees it. Yeah. Um, Adventist Christmas services probably some of the lamest Christmas services I've ever been to. <laughs> and I'm speaking about Christmas services that I've, I've run <laughs> myself. Well, and whose fault's that? Just no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and totally take ownership for that. Um, but I, what I think, and I could be wrong, I'm going out on a limb here, because we have such a divided understanding of whether Christmas is okay or not, we tend to try and dance around any potential um, any potential controversy to the point where we actually end up putting on a really poor um, program for not just our people but for their family who are maybe in town visiting or people who might go, you know, it's Christmas, I should go to church. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that's such, again, talking about missed opportunities, I think yeah. that's another missed opportunity. Um and I'm not saying, look, we've got to get everything right. And again, it's not this dualistic thinking. I just think if you are a leader of a church or you're a church pastor, then you need to sit down with your team and you need to figure out, okay, what is it that we're going to do with Christmas and let's do it hard because this is one of the times of the year, one of the only two times of year where people who don't come to church may come of their own volition without us trying to get them into church in some way. Yeah, and even banding with other churches like in Melbourne, obviously Road to Bethlehem, we've yeah. talked about that before. It's incredible. Um, you know, thousands and thousands of people, yep. not Adventist, come through Road to Bethlehem and they get told really blatantly the story of Jesus. Yep, you where I, I mean? was when I was in, in Tauranga here in New Zealand, we had a church of 200. We did Road to Bethlehem over the course of four days, 6,000 people. 6,000 people. Yeah, wow. A church of 200. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Like it's an incredible <laughs> opportunity. And I'm like, you know, churches that do something like that, awesome. Keep going. We yeah. we can't do anything for you, but we commend you. You know, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> we give you a crisp thumbs up. Yeah, it's a nice thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. We encourage you. It's the best thumbs up you'll ever get. All right, Jesse, any last thoughts you want to share uh, about Christmas? Well, I think some of those themes that we talked about before are incredibly important um themes of sacrifice of reconciliation of family generosity um i think those are the themes that we have to really rally around irrespective of what we believe about christmas and i think as well you know if you uh not if you're still not convinced about christmas i would still encourage you even if you don't want to celebrate christmas this year celebrate those themes with yeah. your family. Think about the um, birth of Christ and what it means for the world. And then think about what it means in the greatest scheme of humanity, the birth in relation to the death of Christ, 
the two um, the, the the two anchor points of the Jesus story that is continuing on today. Um, and and I think that if you are somebody who um, who wants to be able to do something in Christmas, maybe you're part of a church that doesn't do anything that great, or you know, find some way that you can actually uh, be generous to rally against the consumeristic side of Christmas. Mm-hmm. I would definitely, I would always encourage people to do that. I love Christmas, but I do hate what it's become in the Western world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find a way that you can find the mythic power of Christmas, whether it's in the culture, maybe you're from a different cultural background than we are. Um, we all know that we all know that white people have no culture. Um, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's a joke. Get out, man. That's a joke. <laughs> I come from a land down under where men. Don't, no, no. Okay, don't I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't remember the rest of the world. <laughs> you words. don't even know our national anthem. No, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 all I would say in closing. Find that find that mythic power in Christmas. Find the power of Christmas in your culture if you're if you're from a, uh, an ethnic background that's that's different to the sort of Western world that we live in. Um, yeah, yeah. Josh. Yeah. No, I'm I'm stoked with what we talked about, and I think yeah, I, I would love to hear everybody's thoughts and and feedback about this as well. Um, what's your Christmas experience like? Mm. Uh, what do you celebrate when it comes to Christmas? Because it's amazing actually how many families do it different and we can learn a lot when we share our tradition traditions. Um, yeah, so I would honestly just love to hear everybody's thoughts and experiences when it comes to Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, awesome. That's cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy next week's episode. Um, just a quick heads up, we'll talk about it next week, but... It is a two-part conversation, so if you want to hear the other part, we definitely encourage you to check out um, Absurdity with Ryan Becker. And um, I hope that you have an amazing Christmas, each one of you, wherever you are, my uh, my beautifuls. That's a that's a word, my beautifuls. <laughs> yes, our chickens. No, I'm <laughs> our chickadees. Um, yeah. Hey, and thanks to everybody who's been leaving reviews. Yeah. You're you're just amazing people. Yeah, you so. are our Christmas miracle. <laughs> So <laughs> awesome. All right. Hey, yeah, I guess our next episode comes out on Boxing Day. So, yeah. well, I guess unless you live in America. I don't know. Anyway. And then we uh, we go on our break. So we will not be around for two weeks. Yep. So don't cry. So Merry Christmas. Okay. Happy New Year. Um, yeah. And we love you all. That is Josh and Jesse. 